Yee-haw! Howdy, partners, and welcome to the Kings of Anglia Soccer Podcast. <coughs> I'm not going to be able to keep that up, boys. I'm not going to be able to keep that up. It is the Kings of Anglia Soccer Podcast, football to you and me. There is a new dawn, a new era at town, and it's backed by American Cash. Welcome along to our takeover special. I am Mark Heath, your host as ever, and the whole damn team are here. First of all, I'm going to go to Stuart, War- Stuart Warren, Stuart Watson. How are you, my friend? I'm, I'm excited, boys. I'm good, thanks. D- does the cowboy thing work? Considering no. Mr. Johnson's from New York, now resides in LA. Let's just think, go with it. It's fine. I think I think actually it might be quite offensive, but we'll, we'll just <laughs> we'll just, we'll just listen, Brett. yeah, just ignore that. You'll get used to me, Brett. <laughs> You'll get used to me. Um, and Hutchie Warren, you were of course working yesterday. Have you boys been to bed? Is a big question because. Every time I looked, you were updating something on the website. 24-hour rolling news now. That's the, that's, that came from America, didn't it? 24-hour news, and that's, uh, that's us. That's us from now on. Superb. Excellent job yesterday, boys. Um, Hutchie, you were originally due to be off yesterday, but in a, in a moment of serendipity, you switched it to Friday, which was tremendous work. I was off yesterday, so I watched from afar um, and bothered you probably more than you wanted me to. But there you go. That is, that is my, uh, my job in life. And the fourth wheel on the bus, of course, Roscoe, also off yesterday, dipped in to do some video. How are you, hairy man of the woods? Very hairy, as always, and uh, very excited. A new dawn is arisen at Itchwich Town Football Club. Let's go. Let's go, baby. Right then, let's get into it. Um, A lot happened yesterday. So the way we're going to do this pod is we're going to start off, first of all, with just the facts, as Columbo would say. Um break down exactly what has happened i'm sure if you're like me your head is spinning with all the numbers and names and that kind of stuff so the boys are going to break down exactly what happened then we're going to talk about the press conference late last night transatlantic um hutchie and, and Stu were talking to to brett johnson bj to his mates um and mike o'leary the new chairman so we'll talk all about that what came out from that and your first impressions boys and then we're going to finish with a little chat about our general thoughts and fears maybe um about the move and of course, we'll finish with a strike, which will be a nice way to end. Right then. So let's get into it, boys. Ipswich Town are no longer owned by Marcus Evans. They are owned by Americans now. Hutchie, who now owns Ipswich Town? Break it down for us. Not Marcus Evans. He's sold up £40 million deal. Essentially, Ipswich Town are now owned by a group called Game Changer 20 Limited. That's complex. There are people in there in various subgroups, but they own... Around rounding up a little bit, they own around 90% of Ipswich Town Football Club now. That that's the American group you've mentioned. The remaining, let's say 10%, it's a little bit more. That's owned by Ipswich Town PLC. Still, they're the shareholders that existed prior to Marcus Evans buying the club back in 2007. They're obliged to be made offers for those shares. Um, and that process will happen in, in due course. So there's a chance game changer stake goes up. Um, chance it stays as it is, but but basically, for all intents and purposes, Game Changer Twenty Limited now own Ipswich Town Football Club. Should we go into who they who they are? Yes, okay. please. Game Changer. That's made up of the Three Lions Group. I think we're going to hear a lot about these guys, and this is this is the this is the American side of it. So that's Brett Johnson. He's he's the face we've all kind of come to know of this. He's joined by Mark Detmer and Burke Bakai. We know that those three are prominent in in Phoenix Rising in the US second tier. That's where their their football kind of journey has been largely based with a few offshoots. 
but they only own combined five percent of of Game Changer as a as a combined. The three of them own five percent. Ninety percent of Game Changer is owned by a company, an investment company called ORG, um, who are using a lot of money from the Arizona State Pension Pot, and that's what's funding most of this. Their representative on Game Changer is a man called Ed Schwartz, who is ORG's founder, essentially. He co-founded the company in 1999. So he's the money man. And then 5% of Game Changer is also owned now by Marcus Evans. So actually, in terms of individual people, Marcus Evans is still the individual with the most actual financial interest in Ipswich Town Football Club. Although that 5% of Game Changer doesn't offer him a decision-making position. Uh, he's divorced himself, in his words, divorced himself from day-to-day running of the club. So uh, very much, very much a backseat on this. But he does still does still have financial interest in the club. Did I miss okay. anything? Well, just the new chairman, which I'm going to go to Stewie on. I'm pleased you missed something, so Stewie's got a chance to talk. Um, so Richard Town also have a new chairman, Stewie, and you spoke to him last night. We'll get on to that in a minute. But um, just tell us a little bit about him. Mike O'Leary is also on the board of, of Game Changer, so he is um, technically one of one of the owners as well. Um, he's chairman. Spoke very statesmanlike last night, uh, I thought, and and in his interviews, he's sixty eight years of age. He's got experience um, on the board of both West Brom, where he was CEO, and uh, a briefer spell at Oxford United. Um, he was at the club yesterday to have a few meetings with with Paul Cook and others. Um, in his words, he will be at the club two days a week. Um, the driving force on a day-to-day basis is someone who has yet to be appointed. They're going to be appointing a top-quality CEO, in the words of O'Leary. Um, there is every chance that that person will be Mark Ashton at Bristol City, who has long been linked Um while these rumours have, have swirled about the American takeover, Ashton is someone that O'Leary has worked with um, in the past. So um, for all the excitement about this takeover, the most prominent figure, potentially, the person who is going to be driving things on a day-to-day basis at the football club is yet to be appointed. So um, watch this space with interest on that one. Mm. Uh, but it, it seems very much in terms of the initial stages takeover, Hutchie, that, that Brett Johnson has been pushed forward as the face of it, doesn't it? Yeah, um, pushed forward to be a public face of it. I think it's a similar story in Phoenix. And then we also know about Brett Johnson's other interests in Rhode Island and things like that. Mm. Um, But if you ask him, and same with Mike O'Leary, they're very quick to talk up the role of of Mark Detmer, Burke Bakai, and and things like that. They're, the, these two were the men talking last night, and they did the, the videos with both with the football club and then the press conference. But it's pretty clear that they see themselves as a group, all bringing their own areas of expertise to the field. But but clearly, I think Johnson is likely to be the person that that engages engages most with the football club, certainly on a public facing level. On, mm. on that, Brett Brett kind of joked and said, maybe it's because I had the best American accent or I look best in blue. And that's why the rest of the, the guys kind of push him forward to be the uh, the public the public face of things. But um, 
it was just lovely to see him with a big smile on his face, wearing the scarf and, and the hat with pride. He said he'd, he'd been he'd, the, the hat had only just arrived yesterday because he didn't want to jinx things by by sort of. Uh, they said literally until twenty four hours before the deal had gone through, they still didn't know whether it would happen, and he didn't want to start buying merchandise until it was done. But his kids are run. He's got two kids, and they're running around with the with the hat and the scarf on. His wife sort of bought into it all as well already. So, um, that was re- that was really nice to to see all of that. But um, no, Andy's right. He was very very quick to 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 big up his other two partners as part of these three lions that said when he first invested in what was then Arizona United, it was a bit of a struggle in the in the first couple of years. He said, and and things only really started to change until he linked up with Burke Bakai who is um, from a Turkish background. He brought in a lot of contacts, Didier Drogba being one of them. Um, and Mark Detmer is a big, big player in real estate, let me tell you that. If you have a little look into uh, JLL, the um, the company that he works for, they are huge globally in terms of real estate. And I think he was the guy that then kind of made sure that they found the right place to build the stadium. Um, it's quite big on on the development of, of land and everything else that sort of goes along with these projects. So they're, they're very much coming as a trio, bringing different different um, skill sets to, to the table. And the big question, of course, after we know who they are, the main question, Hutchie, is how much dollar they got? What are town going to get, baby? They wouldn't give out figures, obviously. Um, every time they were asked about this, they were were bullish about the financial package that they've got. They were keen to stress that they're really, really happy. They think they've got the finance to make a difference. They know what they need to do in the short term to get switched to the championship, which is which is phase one. And they're very confident that um they're very confident that they've got the financial package to do that. They've had to they've had to prove that to Marcus Evans. That's that's a big part of what's what's had to happen here. Marcus very firm over a number of years that he didn't want to sell, didn't need to sell. But if somebody could come to him with a, a package that he saw as both being big enough to make this work and sustainable enough to safeguard the future of the club at the same time, then he'd consider it. So they've had to jump through some hoops and tick three big boxes for Marcus Evans. Um, and they've they've done that. So in terms of finance, there's going to be investment. It's going to be on the pitch. It's going to be off the pitch. But the level of which we'll have to have to wait and see. Mm. Does it, called it significant? Yeah. Sorry, his his That's response right. was significant in terms of the level of funds. The Marcus Evans statement said that the fund has deep pockets, so um, you can see the type of words that are being used around there. They basically said, "I'm not I'm not going to put uh, pounds a level of pounds on it because we don't want to uh, we don't want to weaken our hand at the negotiating table to everyone thinking that we've suddenly got loads of money to uh, to spend in the transfer market." But um, and he's right. Marcus was putting in, on average, over his thirteen years, probably losing six million pounds a year in in the in the latter half of his tenure. That probably was dropping to about three, four million pounds a year. So it's got to be above that, um, which is you know which is a start. But it's not all about money. You know, we we all get very focused on the money side of things. This will be about a change of culture at the club. Um, we talked a lot on the on the call last night about bringing some of the methods that they've used in America and um, embracing new technology, data analytics, the most up to date sports science methods. All those things that we think Ipswich Town have perhaps fallen behind the times on a little bit and neglected in recent years. Hopefully, their kind of array of contacts 
um, in the game. And, um, you know, they've, they've had five years of, of owning a football club now, which um, Marcus Evans didn't have when he first came to the table. So hopefully that gives them a little bit of a head start. O'Leary brings some real experience to the role as well, which, of course, Simon um, Simon Clegg and Ian Milne didn't have in, in their roles as well. So reasons for cautious optimism all round at the moment. And I use the word cautious because these things are always a gamble, but everything we see and hear so far um, is great. And the fact that we are actually seeing and hearing from them within day one, within the first 12 hours, mm. we've seen and heard more from these guys than we did from Marcus Evans in his first decade. That's remarkable, isn't it? I think if you add up all the time that Brett Johnson spent on camera yesterday, it's probably more than Mark Evans has ever been. Um, in terms of the, the money ball data analytics, Roscoe, obviously we, we know we've got that tapped already. You've got your formula over 30, get rid. So <laughs> we'll give you that for three, three million, Brett. That, that'll be a deal. Um, Hutchie, it's worth just reflecting on, on these guys, what they've done so far, the three lines, because they've been successful pretty much everywhere they've been, haven't they? Shuey alluded there to, to Phoenix Rising, who are doing very well, getting a new 10,000-seater stadium built in Phoenix. But basically everything they've touched on a soccer side of things, the franchises have gone on to better things. Yeah, very impressive. Phoenix, um, I love the name. I think the new stadium at Phoenix is called Wild Horse Pass. Nice. Which which I love. Um Probably wouldn't work in Suffolk, but Suffolk Punch Pass. Who knows? Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, they've they've been they've been successful in Phoenix. They've Brett Johnson went in, bought Arizona United. Always wanted to change the name to Phoenix Rising, and that seems to have worked. It seems to have captured the imagination of people. They've they've won trophies. They're real competitive force at the top end of the the second tier over there. There's an, a small investment in a club in Denmark who have got up to the second division and been very competitive in that. And then obviously there's a Rhode Island project that Brett Johnson's spoken about extensively that, that's that's yet to launch, but it, it looks very impressive in terms of the football side of it and how that's going to link with um, link with the community there and some regeneration of, of um, is it Pawtucket the, in, uh, in, in Rhode Island there? Um, very impressive. There's There's nothing not to like. Sorry, Andy, to interrupt. There is one other club as well. They've got Tucson as well, which they kind of bought as a feeder club, which is just south of, of Phoenix, which is a lot further down the pyramid. That would be the equivalent of buying a, a non-league team here in, in England and using that as a, as a kind of feeder club for um, a championship outfit, effectively. So they're building a little portfolio of, of teams. It's, it's like Andy says, it's a minor stake in, in the Danish club, um, but it's very in vogue at the moment for owners to put together these little portfolios of clubs and it just seems like maybe they're starting to branch out and invest in more clubs and at the press conference last night Brett was asked whether that is part of the the master plan to maybe have a bit of a formal affiliation between between these clubs Barnsley a success story in the championship at the moment are part of a a wider group of clubs under a single ownership and he, he didn't rule that out I don't think that is their immediate plan their immediate plan is to come in and just sort out the uh the club and the first team side of things and the wider development of Ipswich as a community um, may come further down the line. But Brett said sort of candidly, that's that's <clears> not one of their top priorities at the moment. It's just sorting out the football club. But um, there could well be some link-ups with these these American clubs. Both ways, he said, across the Atlantic, you know, maybe some Americans come over to Ipswich. He'd be very proud to see that at some stage. But also Ipswich sending out some of their own young 
younger players out to to America and maybe even Denmark. Who knows to get some some game time there? I reckon Drizzy would be a hit of Phoenix Rising. Just saying. Um, <clears throat> excuse me, boys. Uh, it would be remiss uh, before we move on. I want to talk in depth a bit about the press conference and your what you asked them and your, your impressions of them. I know you touched on it a little bit already, but I want to get I want to get into that. But but it would be remiss, um, I think, if we didn't end this bit with just a reflection on Marcus Evans' tenure at town. He's been there for 13 years. He's the only owner that, as a sports editor and as an Ipswich Town writer, um, you've ever known, Stewie. Um, just wait for a second drink there. You're right. Because <laughs> I'm going to come to you. Uh, how how will you remember Marcus Evans' reign at town? And I mean, I, clearly fans will probably remember it, um, not with the greatest of fondness, but um, how about you? Um. I think straight off the bat, we have to recognise that ultimately it's it's been a failure. Um, he arrived in 2007 with, with plans to get them to the Premier League. Sooner rather than later, was, I think, told that it was only going to take, only going to take a, a certain few million, a small investment at the time to, to get them there. Um, it didn't happen and it has been a long, drawn out, painful, slow, steady stagnation death by a thousand cuts decline ever since really it's not been like a other clubs kind of hit financial low points quite rapidly when owners give up with Marcus it's been a little bit different where the the money has been slowly withdrawn and it's dawned on him over time that as the rich have got richer in football he's gone from being a big financial hitter to a minnow within the space of 10 years I've said before it's not Always, it's, people have got fixated on the levels of investment with Marcus. Show more ambition, spend more money. And there have been moments where more money should have been spent. I think everyone looks back at January in the playoff season and that was a chance to strengthen from a position of strength that wasn't taken. But for me, the failure has not been just about money. The guys spent, well, has lost in excess of £100 million. That is not to be dismissed in any way, shape or form. It's been decision-making along the way, not appointing the right people to key decision, into key positions, keeping up with the times, uh, et cetera, et cetera. But I need to finish by saying that I think the new owners are absolutely right when they say that Marcus Evans deserves some real gratitude from the fans in terms of waiving a huge chunk of debt, 80 million odd pounds of debt that he's just waived to get this deal done. They've paid, I think the new owners have said they've paid off 21 million of that debt and there's left, you know, they've gone from in excess of a hundred million pounds in debt to 400 grand overnight because what Marcus Evans has been prepared to wipe his nose on that. Um, so he does deserve some gratitude for that. And he does deserve some gratitude for waiting and selling hopefully to the right people. He's always been very consistent he will not just give this club away to the first have-a-go heroes that, that come along and want to use it as a plaything for a couple of years and potentially leave it in an absolute horror story situation like Bolton, like Berry, like Wigan. Um, you do not get that feeling with these guys straight away. We won't know. The proof will be in the pudding in, in the months and, and years to come. But these look like guys that have got the proper investment and are going to invest the time as well um, and they're going to do it over a period of time so um, 
if this is the success we hope it's going to be, then Marcus Evans will deserve some gratitude from people for, for selling it to the right people and hopefully at, at the right time. And, and he's retained an, in, uh, an, an investment in it. And if it means he claws back some money, if it's which go on to bigger, better things and they get to the Premier League, then you can't begrudge them that, mm. him that. Mm. Hutchie, it turns out in the end, as we talked about Marcus being at Rochdale on, <laughs> on Easter Monday, it, that was indeed the place to... Uh, to, to say goodbye to, to Ipswich Town. How would you remember Marcus and his, and his time? What a fitting goodbye. A, uh, a nil-nil draw in which neither team had a shot on target. A pretty miserable uh, goodbye, wasn't it? Um, That's kind of apt though, isn't it? For the for the Evans era almost. Kind of yeah, yeah I, guess, I guess so. I think the last few days have just kind of solidified my thinking on Marcus Evans that... <sighs> Sue's Sue's touched on all of it there about the mistakes along the way that there's an awful lot of sticks that you can beat him with. Um, But I always had the feeling that he would, he was a responsible owner, if not a, if not a successful owner. Um, And he's, he's been true to his word in, in the way that he's relinquished the club ultimately, which, um, which was the kind of the one thing I was holding on to with Marcus Evans is that I I never felt that he would put the club in danger and while not always doing the right things for the club while owning it I genuinely believe that he would do right by the club in terms of getting rid of it and that's that's exactly what he's done writing off that much debt is is remarkable um and there's there's every chance and we've got to hope that that Marcus Evans' kind of overall legacy at Ipswich Town is ultimately him being the man that sells to the group that, that puts Ipswich back where they belong. He couldn't do it himself. If you can't do it yourself, I guess the next best thing is to be the man that hands it over responsibly to the person that can. And that's got to be the hope now. Can I yeah. just add something on, on there? I, I talked earlier about Brett Johnson with, with the scarf and his kids running around and all excited and that was Marcus Evans 13 years ago. He has got a teenage daughter. She might be a little bit older than that, actually, but who has become a massive, massive Ipswich fan from, from what we gather. His family have invested in it. Whatever you say about Marcus Evans, to say he hasn't cared, I think is way wide of the mark. We've been all over the, the country following this team. He is at the vast majority of away games. He was at Rochdale. He was at, you know, on Easter Monday. This is a guy who could probably be anywhere in the world certainly in, in normal non-COVID times. He was at Wigan. We saw him at Bristol Rovers earlier in the season. Now, I know people will say he's the owner. Of course, he should be doing that. But he doesn't have to. And if he'd have completely lost interest, he wouldn't be doing those things. And um, it, he didn't get it right. But to say he didn't care and uh, he didn't want it to happen, I think I think would be wrong. But um, mm. none, none of that. I'm, I'm not being a Marcus Evan apologist here. As I said right at the very start, it's, it's been a failure and it's and it's a pro- protracted failure. Um, but, you know, ho- hopefully, as Andy says, he's done right by the club ultimately and his, his legacy will be that it's, it's now been passed on to the right people. Mm. All right then, boys, let's talk a little bit more about the pressers last night. <clears throat> you got to speak to, to Brett Johnson and Mike O'Leary um, last night. Um I guess my first thought, other than how much money they've got, excuse me, <coughs> that's got it, um, is why, for, for Brett Johnson, why he wanted to get involved in, in English soccer. 
um, because it's one thing being a successful owner over in America and and kind of Danish lower tiers, but it's very very different coming over to England. Um, the whole ball game is, is is different in terms of pressure and expectation, taking over someone like Ipswich Town. Um, so, what do you tell you about why he wanted to get involved in England and why Ipswich Town first of all, Stu? Um, well, the, the dream is always to to get to to own an English football club. The, the home of football is, is it's it's where the global audience and eyes are on the game. So I think anyone who wants to get into football ownership wants to get into England. And that's that's what Brett Johnson said. His background is that he played a bit of football and he calls it football, by the way, growing up before realising that his sporting strengths lay elsewhere. He actually became quite a good rower by all accounts at university. He's got a twin brother, Brett Johnson, and they were both rowers at university, which Andy and I said conjures up the image of the, the two guys from the the Facebook film, if you've if you've seen that, you know, the, the Winkle Winkle Voss twins. Yeah. Anyway, I digress. He, he so he played a bit of football growing up, but he, he really sort of fell in love with it when he when he lived in London for five years. He was uh, in charge of Targus, the uh, the brand of laptop bags and iPad cases and uh, laptop accessories and things like that. And he's got one. Um, so he spent five years in London around the turn of the millennium. Sounds like he watched uh, Arsenal quite a lot, went to Highbury because one of his mates was a, a the world's number one Arsenal fan, as he said. So he watched them quite a bit. Then he said his allegiance kind of shifted to Chelsea over time when Didier Drogba got involved with, with Phoenix Rising. But now it's very clear he's all in on Ipswich Town and all of that uh, allegiance is, is getting left behind. But um yeah, in answer to your question, why Ipswich? They said they looked at a, a lot of football clubs once once this group kind of got together and then I think they got introduced to Mike O'Leary for a mutual acquaintance. That must have been uh, a few years ago. They they spent a year or so looking at the broader picture, right? We want to get a, an English football club who's available. Very quickly, they narrowed it down to Ipswich. The negotiations with Ipswich started 14 months ago. Um, there's been a delay because of COVID. I think they were starting to get to the kind of real sharp end of negotiations in the first lockdown. COVID kind of put all that on hold by, for three or four months. But uh, O'Leary said he's been involved in many mergers and acquisitions over the years. And this was the most complex and intricate they've ever been involved in. And I think Marcus may have had a, a couple of little uh, wavering moments towards the end O'Leary said that he looked him in the eye one day as they were getting to the end of the, the paperwork trail and Marcus looked there was a moment of realization that this is it I'm, I'm handing this club over and I'm not going to be in charge anymore which ties in what we, we've just been saying so um, but they got there in the end. Mm. Mike O'Leary Hutchie obviously spoke very well and said all the right things you'd expect these guys to do. Should we be worried though that, I mean, he was involved in West Brom a long time ago, kind of early 2000s, wasn't he? And and since then, well, he's been, he's been at Oxford a little bit, but he's not really kind of been in touch with football at, the, at this kind of level for, for a while. Has he, should we be worried about that? That doesn't, that doesn't worry me. <clears throat> um, he, he speaks really well. I didn't know what to expect from him, um, to be completely honest. He he's was very much in the background at Oxford. I think I went on the Oxford um, Oxford Club website and they had two stories about Mike O'Leary and one was announcing that he had joined the board <laughs> and, the, and the other was announcing that he had left the board. But in those stories were some very, very strong words from Mark Ashton, actually, um, potential CEO here, 
about just how big an impact he had during his year or so working there in terms of advice, shoulder, like shoulder for people um, and things like that. Doesn't bother me really. I've got, I, I don't think there's really anything to worry about there. He speaks really well. He speak. He clearly knows football. Um, you could tell that from from what he was saying last night. He knows the history of Ipswich Town, reeling off um, reeling, reeling off the names of players, and, and very very naturally, he's a, a West Brom fan by birth. Um, was at the FA Cup semi final in 1978, where. Ipswich beat West Brom to reach the final and ultimately decided that he'd probably support Ipswich in the final to beat Arsenal um, as a result. So, so he's he had a soft spot for Ipswich ever since. Yeah. Became his almost his second club, um, which which Ipswich were for a lot of people across so the many land, people. I guess, around that time, haven't they? Which which has been lost. But yeah, you're right. There were, there were, both of them spoke so naturally, didn't they, Andy? Yeah, it's not, yeah and it was natural. Um, you can tell... You can tell that that Mike O'Leary's kind of love of of football has has been ingrained since he was very very little, and you can tell that Brett Johnson has maybe discovered the English game later in his life. But it is natural; it's not forced. It's not I've swatted up on this with the intent of regurgitating it in a press conference. It's it's a man that that knows what's going on, and he and they both know the responsibility that they've got on their shoulders now, having having taken on a club with so much history but is so far divorced from from the position that they, they were once in. They, they know there's responsibility there and they know they've got a tough job on their hands. And I think that excites both of them, um, just how big the job they've got. There you were could, a few you... buzzwords from Brett Johnson, wasn't there? And one he kept coming back to and he was very, very keen to stress was humility. I take this role with complete humility and with complete reverence and respect for the history of the club Phoenix Rising is a, and the other projects have been projects they've started from from scratch with a blank piece of paper. Here he's inheriting an institution with so much history behind it. It's a completely different ball game. Starting getting a team in America up to the second tier is great what they've done over there. But taking on Ipswich Town with all the history and English football it is a whole new ball game for them. And he says, we're, we're coming here with our eyes open. Um, it's not for the faint-hearted. We know that. Um, but he just kept saying, we're ready to roll our sleeves up. We're ready to work hard. We're ready to dedicate ourselves to that. And it, and it felt so genuine. And I know we're all desperate to buy into this and invest in it. And there has to be a little bit of cautious caution in terms of how we approach this. But it's impossible not to be intoxicated by it right at this moment in time. It really is. Got great teeth as well, Brett Johnson. Excellent teeth. Superb. Very important in an owner, I always think. Roscoe, you've been silent for a while. We've we've dotted the I's and crossed the T's, done all the details, which I think you'd admit is not your strong point. Um, but what, what what do you make of what's happened? Um, you're probably the closest to all of us of, of being a, a town fan, as in your fan days are, are nearer to you than the rest of us. We've been doing it professionally for a while. Um, your thoughts? What do you make of the new owners? How excited are you? Yeah, very excited. I was I was in shock. You know, of course, it's been rumoured and reported for the last few months and you just felt like it went a bit quiet. And then out of nowhere, you see it and you see the news and go, wow, OK, then let's get ready. Let's get, strap ourselves in and um, here to a new ride. Because I was very, I think I was like 11 when Marcus Evans took over the club. So right. I didn't know what ownership and takeovers were all about. At least now I know a tiny bit more. 
Um, but yeah, it's exciting. As Stu said, you've got to be a bit cautious about it. You can't get too carried away because, you know, you don't really know until they actually come in a bit more and they actually invest and, you know, we see a bit of an improvement. But uh, exciting times. And I think that's what the club has needed for a while is a refresh. And um, yeah, let's get ready. Um, pre-season in America, boys. That's what I'm saying. I said before, haven't I? It's got to be a pre-season tour of America, hasn't it? Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm up for going to Phoenix. I've been before, but it'd be lovely over the summer. It'd be bloody hot. But um, yeah, fantastic, boys. Lads on tour. KOA podcast trip over there. What do you reckon, boys? Maybe next yes, summer. Please. <laughs> <laughs> yes, please. Um, I guess the, big, the other big question, of course, um, Hutchie, is when, when are we going to see Brett and the, the three lines, boys? When are we going to see them come over here and... Pressing the flesh, obviously, something you can't mm. do at the moment. But when are we actually going to see them in Ipswich and get their first impressions of Portman Road, etc.? I think if I think if Brett Johnson could have been here today and yesterday, he would have been. Um, he spoke about that. COVID has um, certainly played its part in in lengthening out that, that negotiation period, as Stu was talking about earlier. But it, it's also meant that that he's not able to be here. He's got he's got a family. Uh, I think it sounds like the, the last thing he wants is to be quarantining in in hotels for for two weeks and and things just to be allowed out. But the second he's allowed over to a game and he's not been to Portman road yet, he's never, he's not been there at all throughout this, um, throughout this process. I think he'll be here as soon as he possibly can. He's, he's talking about hopefully August um, for the start of the, the new season and and hopefully for everybody, August will be a fresh start in a football sense now, but just, a fresh start for fans to be back in a football ground and mm. what an atmosphere it could be at the start of next season if fans are allowed back in the in the way that we're hoping they are for the for the real start of a new era of it of Ipswich Town. I I I'm I've gutted that the game with MK Dons this weekend is gonna be as it is. It would have yeah. been it would have been electric inside Portman Road this weekend in normal times. Um, but instead, the, the new era is kind of going to begin in this really weird, empty shell of, of what it really is. But um, come August, I think we've all got to be really hopeful that that we're going to feel the full force of of this new era. That Season first time is going to be interesting. Sorry, Mark. That's all right. Carry on. Season tickets going to be interesting, isn't it? I think they were going to be announced this week. I, don't, I think they might delay those a little bit and let the new owners um, put those out. They might even change the whole pricing structure and, and everything. Um, There's an opportunity but, to do something really special there. I think if, if uh, as a statement of intent, the new guys have come in. They've obviously they're obviously wedged up to use an English term. They got a bit of cash. They they could do something really exciting there, couldn't they, with the season tickets? You, you see. Uh, I think teams like MK Dons are, are doing one for 230 quid for a whole season. Season ticket holders have not got what they've paid for this season. And yet they've still been paying their money in their droves. They need to be rewarded. And if you're coming in with this financial clout, start of a new era, what a way to to really get the buzz back than to do something special with, with season tickets um, and maybe drop the price, offer a, a really low price. Imagine the feeling that would generate. Um, going yeah. into a new season would be tremendous, wouldn't it? Well, Brett Johnson's done one dollar <clears throat> beers at Phoenix Rising when he first came in, and fan experience is one thing that the, our American friends are very, very good at, and it's uh, something that probably needs to improve at Portman Road. We speak to people who just say it's an absolute nightmare getting served at half time, card machines not working. Um, so, fan experience, I think, will be will be a big part of what these guys try and bring to the table. 
We're going to get tailgating Hutchie at Portman Road. <laughs> well, they, well, they are. There are plans already to relay that that practice pitch out the back of the uh, out the back of the stand there. So that's the perfect area, mm. perfect perfect area for tailgating. There, there's a plan for a big screen out there. This was under Marcus Evans still, but you've got to think all of those kind of things are going to be on the table. They've already switched. We've not seen the fruits of it. They've already switched ticket providers to a big American ticket company called SeatGeek, which they were hopeful would have really changed and improved what they were able to do ticket-wise in any case. And that would be something that the Americans would come in and see and absolutely love that that SeatGeek are involved because they're massive in the United States. And the the canvas is blank in all of these things. All the things we knew about Ipswich Town, about, about what happened with season ticket prices, freezing them every year and these 1%, silly 1% increases, everything's off the table now uh, and then back on the table again. It's a blank canvas. It's, it's in every area of the club. It's going to be fascinating to see what they what they come up with. Mm. Shall we um, address the elephant in the room, boys, which is my one concern uh, about this? And it is obviously very exciting, a, a chance to really put Ipswich Town back where they should be. Um, but it is where the money's coming from. It's a pension fund. Pension funds are there to make money, to return on investment. We know football clubs are not a good investment generally. Um, so they're, they're going to be wanting to see a pretty quick return on, on their money, aren't they? Is, is that something that is a concern, Stewie? Um, <clears throat> I think that raises a few eyebrows. I think if, uh, I don't know if you could see it in this country with your kind of pension money being... Uh, my money that's being saved for retirement is getting is, is sort of locked into a football club, yeah. football team. But the way that Mike O'Leary kind of explained it last night is that, like any pension fund, the money is split between a range of high risk and low risk uh, investments. I, I imagine that the Ipswich Town on the football side of things is is very much at the high risk end of things, but they invest in various different sectors so that over the long term if one sector does well it can, it re- does really well it can counter balances another sector that does really badly so that there's a lot of obviously there's a, there's an element of gamble isn't there with with any kind of investment but with pensions they try and balance that all out and it sounds like i think that's more routine in the in the states in terms of investing in in the the sporting sector with pension money and stuff like that so they had actively been looking this pension fund to fill a kind of a sporting sector with some of their investments and they were the ones that had have actively sort of coveted um finding an english football club and um and they found their fit with ipswich but yeah i have to admit that kind of the source of the money does did raise a bit of an eyebrow there but it kind of makes sense when when it's explained to you Mm. And just again to, to dot the I's and cross the T's, Mark Ashton, we spoke about him earlier. Um, he's obviously the favourite to take over the, the the CEO role. We're not expecting that to kind of happen before the end of the season, are we, Hutchie? That's something that's going to be a little while. I think I think so. I, I, I certainly don't think it's going to suddenly happen later today or, or this week. Um, Mike O'Leary was asked about that on a few occasions last night. And every time he said, I, I can't put a date on it for you. We want the best candidate we can get. Um, I can't tell you if that's going to be in two days, two weeks, or or two months. But they they want somebody in to start, get their hands on this business and start running it mm. as soon as soon as they possibly can. So it wouldn't 
it wouldn't shock me if it did happen before the end of the season. But on the other hand, it also wouldn't surprise me if it did stretch out maybe a couple of a couple yeah. of weeks from here. It's clearly not done and dusted. Otherwise, it would have all have been it would all have been done uh, at the same time. But um, I'm fairly confident it will end up being Mark Ashton. And if it is Ashton, good move. He's he's certainly done a lot at, Br- at Bristol City. Every time we've been back there, Stu, over the over the years, you can see Bristol City as a football club getting bigger and bigger, can't you? Certainly in terms of the stadium um, and the infrastructure around that, they've got restaurants kind of built into the ground at Ashton Gate and bars and things like that. Um, he, especially in his early days, there gets an awful lot of credit from from City fans for profits from the transfer market, sort of buying low, selling high. Um, Mike O'Leary referred to that last night as being player trading, which is kind of a, an American way of um, looking at, at that in terms of seeing players as assets and things like that. He, Ashton takes a lot of credit for doing that at Bristol City. I think he's become a little divisive in, in recent years. I think that's fair to say in, in that he his influence has grown and grown in terms of recruitment and it's not always hit the mark um but in terms of but in terms of knowing how to run a football club um i don't think you could argue that that appointment if it does happen is such a massive upgrade on anything that ipswich town have had in that position for the course of marcus evans tenure so it's a man that knows football worked at west brom worked at oxford really got his teeth into bristol city knows football, knows the game. That's at a championship level. Um, so for me, so for me, that would be a really, really promising appointment uh, if and when it gets done. Premier League, know. baby. Two years. Sorry, Stewie. You keep cutting, <laughs> we keep cutting Sorry, each other mate. up. Go on. on you go. Um, yeah, <laughs> Leo. what happens to Leo Neal? You know, we're talking about a lot of these things. I, I, I can see him and I hope for him that he kind of finds his way back into the academy setup and the academy the, the the new guys were both very clear last night that the academy is is a massive part of their plans going forwards um they're already looking at, at ways of pushing for the category 1 upgrade under Marcus Evans so I'm sure that that will be something that they proceed with in the near future and I, and I imagine that Leo Neal would be the man to kind of front that up because that that was his baby long before he kind of got promoted perhaps over promoted to the position that he's in a bit too soon, too quickly. So um, hopefully Lee can uh, to go back and, and really focus on the academy side of things again. One thing we've not looked at, boys, in terms of this whole thing, excitement and, and what it all means, is what it means for Paul Cook and the current squad, Hutchie. Um, what, if any, impact do you think that'll have for the rest of the season? Uh, was, I don't know on the pitch. I I I have my doubts that it's suddenly going to spark a massive upturn in <laughs> in, in the players' fo- footballing, abil- footballing ability. Um, Paul Cook, it's worth it's worth saying that that Mike O'Leary could not have been more strong in the fact that that Paul Cook was a man he wants to be in charge of of, of Ipswich Town. He said that he and Marcus exchanged notes on potential managers um, should Paul Lambert go, and they both find found that that Paul Cook was at the top of that list. Um, the two of them met yesterday, O'Leary and Cook, and uh, found out they were born 
within a mile of each other and grew up within a mile of each other on Merseyside, so had something in common there straight away. And, and, and O'Leary says they got on really well there. So from his point of view, uh, there is no change of manager. So so in terms of that kind of thing, that, that continues. But I do have my doubts if whether this massive surge in optimism off the pitch is going to translate on the pitch, sadly. Um, mm. I don't... My don't fear know. is that these players have not been... If they've had any doubts in their mind that Paul Cook was going to rebuild the whole squad in the summer and that's instead of bringing that, bringing an upturn in form, it's had the opposite. It's now probably made it even more likely that, that they're going to get released in, in the summer. Mm. Um, so... Yeah, is that if you if you kind of already come to the conclusion that you're out the door, are you playing at the absolute hundred and ten percent? You probably should be because you should be playing for your future wherever it is. But it's, it's your job yeah. to be the case so far. It might have been different, as we say, had there been a packed Portman Road and and maybe the the, the pure energy from a from a stadium might have lifted the players. But we're not even getting that, are we? So mm. um, on the on the Paul Cook note. It sounds like he was quite a nervous man when this got announced first thing yesterday because he was obviously aware of takeover uh, talks, but I think it had probably been sold to him from Marcus as I'm I'm trying to get a bit of investment in. And that's where a lot of the Paul Cook, there's exciting things coming ahead in the summer. Um, But then when it suddenly got announced as a complete takeover, your first thought as a manager is, ah, takeover <laughs> normally takeover yeah. normally equals sack for manager. And that's what that Paul Lambert said. Through. Yeah, exactly. And that's what went through Paul Cook's mind yesterday morning, by all accounts, until Mike O'Leary introduced him and was able to tell him, don't worry, we compared notes on, on managers. You, you were top of our list as well as top of Marcus's. And then he said, uh, Paul relaxed after that and we was okay. So, um, yeah, I thought that was quite interesting. Absolutely. Didier Drogba is clearly coming in, in the summer, though, isn't he? He's a number two. Maybe even do a job at front, boys. I, I don't know how old he is, but I reckon he'd still do a job at League One level. Yeah, I was going to um, say number no number two, number 10. <laughs> yeah. He can still do a job there. Let's get Didier in. Right then, boys, um, before we get to the strike, which is how we're going to finish the show, this, of course, Hutchie, is right up our street. American things, American owners. So what we're going to introduce, um, first of all, the name, Ipswich Town Blue Broncos, I reckon, don't you? Is it the Colts? Maybe the Stampeders? What do you reckon? <laughs> I think there'll be riots if they try and change the name. I think I think bro- it has to be Broncos, doesn't it? Absolutely, after, it has to be Broncos. The, could you or the Punchers, the Suffolk, the Ipswich, <laughs> the, the Suffolk Punchers, change the name just like just like Brett Johnson did at uh, Arizona? Um, <laughs> it's not going to happen. Yeah. No, <laughs> we're definitely getting we're definitely getting tailgating. We're definitely getting we need defense chance, don't we, Hutchie? Because obviously, American sports they don't really do they don't really do songs like we do in in sport over here. Uh, their only one really is defense and USA USA. Um, so let's have a few defense chants. I think we can teach them a lot. To be fair, we can maybe think up some chance to send back to Phoenix. Um, terminology, obviously, we've got franchise players. I guess James Norwood would be the franchise player. Um, it's no longer a, a penalty kick; it's a PK. Um, what do you reckon, Stu? I know you're a big fan of all all things American, but you can't wait for this. Well, in my role in this, if you want to bring all the American things in here, I'll go over to Phoenix and just shout the referees a wanker <laughs> and stuff like that. Just bring a bit of British culture to them. Yeah. I'll, I'll be part of the swap deal. What can the hell I go to? Can I go to Denmark? 
<laughs> yeah, you can you can be the Huga correspondent in Denmark. Um, imagine shouting referees a wanker in America, so you get loads of Americans going, "What the hell is a wanker, man?" That kind of stuff, wouldn't you? Do you reckon they'd know? Calling everyone mate as well. I'm not sure. Um, Roscoe, you've been silent for most of this. It's now your time to shine. It's been quite a heavy podcast because we had lots of detail to discuss. But let's finish with a strike, shall we? American style. Hello and welcome to another edition of The Strike. Brought to you by the greatest quiz show host on planet Earth, producer Ross. Just got to um, prepare for the national anthem. <clears throat> oh, can you say. No, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> That's not right, is it? No. Oh, no. Say, oh, can you see? Oh, say, can you see? There you go. Yeah. That's the one. That's the By one. the dawn. So, yeah, anyway, right. Yeah, yeah, move on. Yeah, move on. Uh, so, yes, this is a USA themed town strike. Um, players and other bits. So, Excellent. let's go. So, question one Which, which is a coastal town of which state in the US? <sighs> okay. So, you got three. Oh no, already. I'm going to smash this. It's America. Oh, okay. Is it? Oh, God. Is it Massachusetts? I'm telling you. Yeah. Oh, shit. I should let you pronounce it. Go on. No, no, it's done. That's that's it. That's it. How'd you say it? Massachusetts. (laughs) 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 I'll uh, give you the other options as well. Massachusetts. (laughs) Massachusetts. No, no. I did practice it a few times before coming on, but. Thank work. God! Thank God, Brett's not from Massachusetts. No, um, hopefully he's not listening now. <laughs> no. Um, so yeah, that, I think that question just gets scrapped because you, um, yeah, spoiled it. Oh, so. I get the point. The boys don't one nil to me. They wouldn't have known know. that. I knew that. Did you? Yeah. It's easy to yeah. play now, isn't it? Easy there. to play now. Oh, okay, <laughs> continue. It's 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 one one one. Okay. Question two. Jerry Baker was a forward for Town in the sixties. He scored two goals in seven caps for the USA. But how many goals did he score in 155 games for the Blues? He was born in New York. Jerry Baker. That helps. Um, <laughs> how many games did he play? 155. 155 games. How many times did he get it in the score bag for town? Um, I reckon he got it in... in I reckon he, he scored... <laughs> the 12 times. I've got no idea who he is, to be honest. 70. What? <laughs> I had 63 in my in my uh in my head. So I'm going to say that 63. Striker that played in the 60s when they got several promotions. I've never heard it. I've never heard reasonable. Jerry reasonable return. 66. Oh. So need, nailed it ish. Yes. So, a point for Hutchie. Um, question three. Okay. Is on Cody Cropter, who was a reserve academy goalkeeper for there's town. No tea. There's no T in that. No? Crop, cropper? Cropper. Yeah. Oh, yeah. oh dear. Um, but yeah, he's currently playing in the Eastern Conference of the MLS, but for which team? FC Cincinnati, Chicago Fire, or New England Revolution? Up the revs. 
I'll go New England. Vodka Revs. <laughs> a, mate, a mate of mine had a Vodka Revs uh, logo tattooed on his bum at uni. That was uh, 50 quid earned in a bet. I bet he's. I bet he's very proud of himself and his parents. Yeah, he's so. he's a he's a dad now. He's going to have to explain to his child one day what what that is. That's fine. I'd have to get it covered. Um, Stewie, what you say? I'm going to say Chicago um, Fire. I'll say the other one, Cincinnati. It's Cincinnati. Yes. Oh, Stewie, you knew that as well, didn't you? No, I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> so it's two, two, one. Okay. Danny Carpassion. Played six games for town during his loan spell. Um, no, yeah, for town. Uh, from which club, though, did he sign? <laughs> I, I worded it wrong in the question. Um, was it Spurs, Arsenal, or Chelsea? So, which loan? Which club was he on loan from? Chelsea. Arsenal. Us. Arsenal. It is the Arsenal. It's the Gunners. Why do people so, say the Arsenal? That's always. Bugging. I know. I know. It's. I know. People do say it. Why are they the Arsenal? It's about guns and that, isn't it? Okay. That's all I've got for you on that. <laughs> okay. Um, final question is on Cameron Carter Vickers, who has won mm. eight caps for the USA so far. But little fun fact here: <laughs> but his dad also played which sport at a high level in America? Yeah, American football, basketball, or baseball. It's, it's basketball, isn't it? Basketball. Yeah, basketball. If you're watching on video, Stu pretty much told you the thingy bob. It's a pretty pathetic jump shot from Stu. To be fair, I'm not. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> not much effort going more, into more, that. Limp wristed. More, of, more of a net. More of a net ball. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> They're doing so, space jam again, aren't they? That's exciting. With LeBron James. LeBron James. Yeah. 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 It looks a bit like the plot of Tron, but uh, in in basketball with mm. LeBron James and cartoon characters. What more could you want? You know, LeBron obviously owns a chunk of Liverpool now, doesn't he? He's going to be um, mm. involved there. He's often wearing Liverpool stuff, actually, when you see him. Maybe we get... Uh, who, who should we have basketball-wise at, at Portman Road, do you reckon, Hutch? Who would you like to see? Uh, let's go for the beard... James Harden. James Harden. Well, I mean, him and Ross, Ross could trade beard beard tips. Absolutely. You're, it's a pretty close to Harden beard, actually. Uh, mm, that's that's what's inspired me. It's a mm. bit a bit mm. hardeny. It is indeed. Uh, so I think it, there's a tiebreaker needed, isn't there? Because Stu and Hutchie have level scores there. Okay. You, don't, uh, you don't have a tiebreaker. Uh, but, but, uh, oh, I was hoping there wasn't going to be a tiebreaker. Um, that's, but, good. Uh, that's good. Good planning. Good, let's good go plan. In, let's go How can in you? Circle, yeah, yeah. And name American states, and and if you pause, you're out. Easy. Okay. Uh, Are we involved? Am I involved though, or is it just you two? Yeah, you're involved. Just for yes. Fun. Massachusetts. <laughs> <laughs> what order are we doing this in? I've started. Okay, Arizona. You next. Ross, you can play as well. Texas. Hmm. North Carolina. California. Florida. Oh, I was going to say that. Uh, Rhode Island. That's a... That's, an, uh, is that a... Uh, uh, that's not That's not a state. Isn't it? No. Oh. oh okay. Uh, <laughs> Mississippi. 
Mississippi. Okay. Uh, South Dakota. Montana. Nevada. Uh, Alaska. Is that is that a state? That's not? a state. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Is Hawaii a state? Did they add that? Yeah, that's a state. We haven't had it. It's the obvious one to have. Arizona. <laughs> I said that first, didn't I? Oh, did you? Uh, I'll take Illinois then in that case. Nice. Colorado. Pennsylvania. I think that's one, isn't it? Oh, I've gone blank. I'm out, I think. That's too long uh, to, to, to be fair, if you're going to be out, I think Ross should have been out several rounds ago. Carry on. <laughs> you, have a, you, have a, you have a free pass. <laughs> uh, Seattle. Isn't that a city? Um, I mean, Washington State, sorry. Seattle is in Washington State, of course. Louisiana. Is it me? Who's going? Yeah, go on. You just head face off now. O- Mano, Oregon. Mano. Oregon. Georgia. Uh, New York State. Delaware. Wyoming. Arkansas. Oh, good one. Pension <laughs> uh, <laughs> music. Mm. Ohio. Oh, he just saved it just, just before the deadline. Nebraska. Oh, Nebraska's a good one. I'm, str- right now. I'm struggling now. Uh, 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 oh, I, I yield. I give up. <laughs> there you go. Hotch, is the, Hotch is the ultimate champion of all things American. Ipswich Town are the ultimate champion of all things American, soon to be. Um, Suffolk. For, so, well, there obviously there is a That's Suffolk. The, that is the newest state of America, Suffolk. <laughs> um, boys, anything else to mention? about the takeover, about anything else before we take our leave and get on with another day and Stu can get on with his day off. We have to cover a football match off the back of all this. I just feel that... It's, it's going to be a, mass, a massive anti-climax. Fun. Yeah, we just have to go, oh, <clears throat> Ipswich failed to lay a glove on MK Don. <laughs> the players lacked mental fortitude. Yeah, mentally fragile. Yeah. Ipswich um, Town nil, MK Don's two on <laughs> the weekend. <laughs> Oh, what, what I want to see, what I want to see, boys, is as many Americanisms as you can possibly get in your reports, please. Um, so there's your challenge, Hutcher. You're the man to 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 get some Americanisms in. I'm just excited to see Dean Lewington again. My football <laughs> muse. My, my my football muse. He's, you've he's got past 800 games now. You've got a weird thing with Lewington, haven't you? It's not what, weird. What's weird about it? Weird, mate. It is a bit what, weird. What's what what's weird about it? Well, it's just you you like him. A lot. He inspires me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Good. There you go. Um, anything else, boys? No. Uh, I think no, it's rather it's fitting that we end this this monumentous podcast with with a chat Dean Lewington. Dean Lewington. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, thanks for listening. Hopefully, um, that's been informative and towards the end there, entertaining as well. Where we got Roscoe involved. Um, Please follow us across all our social medias, Kings of Anglia on YouTube, Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. There's a bunch of videos out there. You can go back and listen to the full press conference from last night. That's out there as a podcast. Um, There's also video reaction from the boys yesterday and our Game Day Extra Time posse, which Roscoe put together as well. There's going to be a Game Day Extra Time pod coming out tomorrow. That's Friday. Roscoe, you're doing that tonight. Who have you got on today? Good old John Watson and the rest. 
John Watson and the rest. Um, the other thing I want to mention quickly before we go, Arnold Allen fighting in the UFC this weekend in America, Las Vegas, co-main event, biggest fight of his career, huge Ipswich Town fan. Um, and if he if he wins this fight, he'll be 8-0 and in the UFC and well on his way to fighting for the title once held by someone you may have heard of called Conor McGregor. Massive, massive deal for Arnold. Um, lad from Felix, as I say, huge town fan. So, so good luck to him. Um, enjoy the rest of your week. What a mo- monumentous season this has been, boys. When we look back at it, town have generally been awful on the pitch, but there's been so much going on off it. It's going to be one of the most eventful seasons town will ever have. And that's without even thinking, factoring in, covid and all that's brought but yes the the brighter days are ahead ipswich town have got new owners lots of money's coming in they're going to make it rain at portman road and ipswich town are on the way to the premier league backed by the dollar of the three lions and game changer have a great weekend everyone let's hope town can get a result and keep the good feeling going and we'll speak to you again next week stand up and salute for the flag Archon, head to audioboom.com slash channel slash Archon.